Habakkuk chapter 2, Revelation chapter 7. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14 says, For the earth shall be filled. I just want to stop right there and just point out the obvious. Uh, it, it seems that the author was adamant that we understand today that the earth shall be filled, not it may be filled, but it says that it shall be filled. It will be filled with what? With the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Knowledge right there means an awareness. It means an observation. What it, in other words, it says that the earth will be filled with the glory just as the waters cover the earth, that we'll be able to see it, that we'll be aware of it, that we will uh, be able to observe it. It will, it will be obvious. We will have the knowledge. We will be able to see it. It'll be tangible. The glory of the Lord. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 through 12, it says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, people, tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood uh, around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen and blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Lord, I'm so thankful for your presence that we have felt this morning. Lord, I'm so thankful that you are in this place today. Lord, we honor you today and we give you glory today. Lord, I pray that as this word comes forth today, Lord, may it fall on, on fertile hearts and souls that's ready to receive it today. Lord, and may it take root in our lives today and we will give you all honor and glory and all the praise. And the church said amen this morning. Amen and amen. We, I'm speaking this morning about the glory of Advent, the glory of Christmas this season that we are entering into. And these next few weeks, as you've just heard, they're, they're busy around the church. They're busy in personal lives and school and jobs and all of those things. It's, it can be a hectic time of the year, this Advent season, Christmas season. And there will be people from all different backgrounds, all different uh, uh, races and nationalities, uh, people even from different beliefs that are not Christians that will be observing this time, whether it's a commercialized type of Christmas or, or whether, it's a, uh, whether they're celebrating the true meaning of Christmas. There will be people all around the world that are partaking of this, and some don't even realize that this whole season is about Christ. It's a season to remember when his glory literally came to earth. And as I spoke to first service uh, I want to say the same over you because this, this season, this Advent, this season of waiting for the Lord, you know, the Jews are still waiting for him to be born. But if you are born again Christian, 
now we are looking for his return. Amen. We know that he's been born and now we are, it's an advent. Every day is advent. We are, we are waiting for him. We are waiting to see his return. And this season of, of advent and Christmas, I'm praying for your families today. I'm praying that this season will be one of his glory, that it will not be just another Christmas, but it will be one of his glory. It will be one where you see his presence, where you witness him. Uh, but but before we see him, we must we must step in and worship him. Amen. And I'm praying that someone this season sees his glory. They see him moving in ways they've never dreamed. Uh, but first, as I said, we've we've got to worship him. If you uh, if if you want to see him, you've got to get in his presence. If you want to see miracles, you've got to worship. If you want to see glory this Christmas, if you want it to be more than just an occasion, the best thing for you to do is worship. And in Revelation chapter 7 verses 9 through 12, we see it's like we catch a glimpse of a worship service that is happening in heaven. And I want you to take note of that format because this, in the book of Revelation, John had been caught up in the spirit. And in this moment, it is like uh, he is catching a revelation. He is catching a vision of what worship is like in the heavens. And I want you to notice that there's no stage in heaven. There's a, take, take note that, that, that there was no one prodding, there was no one coaching, there was no one begging for participation. Notice that where, notice where the worship was coming from. Notice what was happening on earth. Uh, whenever you come into a church like this, we often, we are waiting for the worship to be cultivated. We're waiting for somebody else to lead us from the stage. But in heaven, the worship is being driven by the multitudes. It's being driven by the crowd. It's being carried on by the congregation in heaven because the multitudes had been in the river of his glory. Uh, the multitudes, they had looked upon his face. They knew what they were worshiping. They had a reason to worship him nonstop. There was nothing that was going to be able to quiet them down in heaven. But on earth, it is often like we must have a video, we must have a pre-worship song, we must then have a call to worship, and maybe by the third song, maybe we're away or maybe we feel like we can engage by the end and maybe we're ready to clap our hands. But what would happen if we, the church, if we, the multitudes, came in and we were ready to drive the worship? We were not waiting on somebody to worship for us, but we came ready to worship. What would happen if we came in this season of, 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 of life, this season of Advent, and we came into it not needing a cheerleader? We didn't need a leader. We didn't need somebody to prod us, but we came into this house realizing uh, that, that, that we would not even be here if it were not for him. And what would happen if we realized that we would not even be breathing if it were not for him? When God's people step into the house and they're not looking for entertainment, they're not looking for a show, but they are looking forward to him showing himself. They are, they are looking forward to his glory and 
they are ready to lift worship and they are ready to lift sound waves across the room. Guess what? That is when a shift starts happening in the atmosphere. Amen. That's when his glory enters the room is when God's people get together and they say, I don't care what anybody else is doing. I've just come to worship the Lord today. Amen. I just want to be in his presence. Is there anybody that says today I just want to be in the presence of the Lord? We pray the prayer. We say, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. We've quoted it. We've prayed it. And often I think uh, we can say it nonchalantly or not really understanding the magnitude uh, behind this loaded statement of let it be on earth as it is in heaven. We must realize that before we see this statement come into fruition, before we see it become a reality, it takes more than just a prayer for that to occur. But if you ever want to see heaven on earth, if you ever want to see his presence come down, it takes us having a, a, a shifting in our mindsets. You know, the mindset that, that's waiting on the worship leader, the mindset that believes I'm not going to lift my hands until somebody tells me to. Uh, on earth as it is in heaven requires engagement through worship, engagement through worship outside of the Sunday morning experience. It requires it requires more than just church worship. Church worship is, is, is the worship that you just do inside of the church, but it requires more. The church has been praying, let it be on earth as it is in heaven for years. But when will the church see it? When will the church put it into action? See, there are things that, that, that I could bring an evangelist into this house on a Sunday morning and this evangelist could release and teach to you. There are things that pastors and prophets and apostles and teachers could come in and they could release in an atmosphere like this. But if you really want to see a shift in your life, if you really want to see a shift in your church, just let the multitudes come in ready to worship because when the multitudes come in ready to worship there's no devil in hell that can stop some multitudes that are worshiping. Just let the multitudes get tired of the way that it's always been. Just let the multitudes just want to go deeper in the river of his glory. Before we see an on earth as it is in heaven moment, it will take you, it will take me, it will take the multitude because I don't know about you, but I didn't come to church just to find my worship. I came to church to bring my worship. I didn't come to church. Well, where, where did I leave it? I left it here Sunday. Where is it? No, well, I came into the house of the Lord to bring my worship. Whenever they were coming to see Jesus when he was born, they did not come to, they did not come and found their gift, but they came and they were bringing their gifts unto him. Why? Because they wanted to get in his presence. And if you ever want to get in his presence, if you ever want to look upon his face, let me tell you something. Bring up your worship to the Lord. Every day that you live, I don't come to church to find it. I came to church to bring it. Amen. I didn't come today because this is my time of the week to worship. But I came because, because I just want to be around 
some people. I want to be around the multitude. I, I, I can worship in here. I can worship in my house. I can worship in my car. I can worship in the mall. I can I maybe even can muster up a little bit inside of Walmart. But let me tell you something. Whenever you get together with the multitudes and you start praising the Lord, that's when his glory comes and transforms lives. It can transform lives. I want, I want, I, I think this season is going to be a season where we check our motives. Why are we worshiping? I want you to ask yourself this, this Advent season, why do I worship? What am I really doing? See, if you worship because of a worship leader, you need to check your motives. If you can only worship to certain genres, you need to check your motives. See, we don't worship because the worship leader told us that now is the moment to raise your hand or now's the moment to clap. No, the platform cannot motivate your worship. The platform cannot be your motivation to worship. But when I think about his goodness, it's enough to worship, amen? When I think about the cross, it's enough for me to worship. When I think about how he will never leave me, how he will never forsake me this season, it's enough to worship. When I remember that he was wounded for my transgressions and he was bruised for my iniquity and the chastisement of my peace was upon him and by his stripes I can still be healed today, it's enough to get me to worship. When I think about where I would be without him. It's enough to worship. When I remember where he's brought me from and what he's bringing me to, it's enough to get me to worship. When I remember that greater is he that is within me than he that is within this world, it's enough to get me to worship. Oh, we don't worship because of a man. We worship because of the man. And in this season, guess what? The song will not dictate your worship. The platform will not dictate your worship. The volume will not dictate your worship. The weather outside will not dictate your worship. No, it's going to be your thirstiness. It's going to be your hunger. It's going to be your desire this season. Lord, I just want to see you. I don't care about the tree. I don't care about the presence. Lord, I just want to be in your presence this season. And whenever you get their glories there, What's happening outside is not going to affect what God is doing inside of me. My eyes are not going to be so focused on what is out there that I miss what he's trying to do in here. Have you ever been in a service where you felt like something just shifted. I mean, it felt like a transition occurred. And when I say transition, I'm not talking about a transition to a new song, uh, nothing like that. I'm talking about it felt like somebody flipped a switch. It felt like something shifted. It felt like it felt like somebody pushed play. It felt like it felt like we moved from play worship to battle worship. It went from just church worship, Sunday kind of worship, to a heavenly kind of worship. See the multi 
multitudes know how and when to transition. They know when they have to get off the banks and actually get in the river. They know when they need to get off the bench and actually get on the battlefield. See, cause in church worship, just that, just that, just what we're doing on a Sunday morning, you may feel his presence, but it's not until you tap into real worship that you experience his glory. You can feel it, but if you want to experience, you've got to get in it for yourself. Can I get an amen? See, the roughest, toughest sinner can walk in a place like this on a Sunday morning and they can feel his presence. Amen? But if you're real to experience it, you got to get into it yourself because church worship so often it's that Sunday morning experience. It's that Sunday morning thing. But the word says that he will supply all of my needs according to his riches in what? Glory. So if you have a need that needs to be met, transition yourself, transition your worship to a real worship so you can experience his Glory, because it's in his glory is when he meets the needs. In other words, whenever you get into a state of worship, it opens up new realms. It makes scripture come alive. Worship takes you from glory to glory to glory. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel stuck. Sometimes I feel like I've been in this place for too long. But let me tell you something. Every time I get into a season of worship, I feel a door unlocking in my spirit. I feel a new season being written. Why? Because it's the power of his glory. How long have you been worshiping in this same state that you are currently in? How long have you been waiting on somebody to tell you to lift your hands? How long have you been waiting on somebody to say, now sing? We often get people from, we have people from all different types of backgrounds and most people in our church didn't come from Pentecostal backgrounds. We have people from Baptist backgrounds, Catholic, Methodist, I mean, Episcopal. We have people from like all different types of, uh, of backgrounds coming in. And so often they come in and they say, I like the worship, but I don't know about it. I like it. It's intriguing, but I don't know if I can do that. I was told I can't sing, or I was told this, or I was told that, and I, 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 I don't want to say anything, or I don't want to do anything. So here, so now there's this, there's this fighting of, of, I want more, but, but how, how do I get there? How long have you been in that state? How long have you been in that state that you are currently in? Because God, this season, this season of Advent, God is calling you not to shop more. Come on, somebody. Come on, husbands. God isn't calling you to shop more. He's not calling you to have more trees. You don't need a tree in every room. That's the lie of the devil. <laughs> Especially if you're the one putting them up for that person that God's told to put a tree in every room. Look at him and say, I don't believe it. That's not, it is not written. God isn't calling us to more shopping this season. He's not calling us to bigger trees or more trees. He's not calling us to more presence. God is calling
calling us to a new level of worship. He's calling us higher. He's calling us to release sound waves and worship from the mountaintops. He's calling you to raise your voice in places where you've never praised him before. He's calling you to transition from just a Sunday morning worshiper to a real lifestyle worshiper. He's calling you higher. Uh, I was telling first service, we used to sing the, the song, Zion is calling me to a higher place of praise. What does that mean? He's calling me to a new level. He's calling me upward. He said, you've been there long enough. Now I want something deeper. Now I want something even more for you. Psalm 132 verses 13 through 14 said, for the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired for its habitation. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell for I have desired it. Zion is a reference to Jerusalem. It also means a city of holiness. The word says that he has desired Zion. In other words, he, has de he is desiring a city of holy people for his habitation. He is desiring it. Why? To dwell in. And wherever he dwells, that's where his glory will reside also. And while Satan is roaming, roaring throughout the earth, seeking whom he may devour, guess what? The spirit is also moving throughout the earth. Just as Satan is trying to find somebody to devour, the spirit is roaming throughout the earth. What is he looking for in this season? He's not looking for a soul to devour like Satan, but instead he is looking for a group of Zion. He is looking for the church. He is looking for people in this Advent season that have hands lifted, that have on white robes as the word says. It's a sign of purity. The word also said they have branches in their hand. It's a symbol of worship. He is looking for that Zion, that group of people that say, Lord, I just want more. I don't want more gifts. I don't want more cars. I don't want more trees. Lord, I just want more of you. Lord, I just want more of you. Some of us need to check our Christmas list when we get home and we need to write, Lord, I just want more of you on top. Lord, I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. Lord, I don't care what the latest trends are, the greatest gifts are. Lord, I just want more of your spirit this season. Can I get an amen? amen? Hebrews 12, 22 said, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. You have come to this place. Whenever you come in to a place of worship, he says, you, you've come into a company of of angels. Angels are used a lot in decoration at this time of year. And sometimes when we talk about angels, we think they're pretty, but then we think about angels and we think they're a little freaky. Anybody? I mean, sometimes you hear people like, I just saw an angel. You're like, you're a weirdo. But the word says, that whenever we get into his presence, whenever we get into that Zion, that there will be an innumerable company of angels that come around us. 
it's kind of cool, it's kind of weird, huh? To think that angels, whenever you begin to worship, angels start coming around you. Follow me with this. See, when you make a transition from just a Sunday morning type of worship to a real life of worship this season, when you transition to a Mount Zion kind of worship, God's calling me higher kind of worship, you may feel alone, but you are not alone. Lynn, help me out. When you get into that place, you are surrounded by the presence of heaven. We want heaven to come to earth. Guess what? You just got to worship. And whenever you worship, heaven comes around you and surrounds you. If you've ever been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, you may be sitting here listening to me thinking, this guy's a little weird. This, this, this word. So let me break it down for you. How many of you have ever been in your car all by yourself? You're all alone. No one is there with you. And you start singing a song. You start, you start singing your favorite worship song. And all of a sudden, you feel like the greatest recording artist ever in history. Whitney Houston has nothing on you in the car. Nothing. Anybody ever been there? And it's like you get in that moment and you just let it rip. You just let it go. I mean, you're hitting notes. You're not really, but in your head you think you are. We've all been there. And all of a sudden, it feels you are all alone and you start singing. And all of a sudden, it turns into a worship session. Anybody ever been there? Driving down 27, you just singing. You don't know. You, you, you can't even remember. Did I just stop at that red light? It's just all of a sudden, it's just like you're just going. You're just going with it. And as you continue, you realize that you were alone, but now you feel like something is in the car with you. You feel the presence of the multitude. You feel like something is in the car with you. And now it is not no longer just a party of one, but now it's turned into a worship party of the multitudes. And all of a sudden, heaven invades your little crossover that you are driving down Highway 27. The multitudes gets in your big truck with you as you're going down Broad Street. See, what has happened is you broke through something. You pushed through something. You said, I don't care if I'm alone. I don't care who's watching me. I'll let the tears flow. I'll let, I'll, 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 I don't care what is happening. I just want to be in his presence. And you started climbing Mount Zion. You started getting a little higher and all of a sudden guess what the elders in heaven that were described in revelation all of a sudden the multitude that was described in revelation guess what they heard your singing they saw you start to climb up 
the ladder of worship. And guess what happened? You tapped into the worship party that is happening in heaven. And all of a sudden, heaven starts worshiping with you. Can you just see it today? Heaven started coming down to earth because you said, I'm breaking through this thing today. And as you go up, heaven comes down. As you go up, heaven comes down. As you lift your worship up, heaven's going to come down this Christmas. I said, as you lift it up, his glory's going to come down this season. And all of a sudden, your little old hoopty turned into a hallelujah wagon. And no choir was needed. No mic was needed. No pastor was needed. All you needed was just to get in the presence of the Lord. Come on, can you stand up with me this morning? I just want us to get in His presence this season. I'm declaring it this season. Come